Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to a brand new podcast called OC Fan TV. Um, we're going to be outside the stadiums taking reaction. Oh wait, we've been doing this for over a year, haven't we? What does OC stand for? Um, I think it's for Orlando City. What's that? Um, soccer team here in Orlando. Never heard of it. Yeah, most people haven't. Small small <laughs> market team. <laughs> anyway, that was horrific. <laughs> apologies for, to everybody for the three month hiatus. It's a three. Yeah. It's been about three months, but it's now December, and I think we've last recorded maybe October, maybe. Last one we did was you and I with the Collins, bud. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, that didn't even make it out. That was yeah, so, bad. so, so yeah, definitely three months then. Um, Fun. Yeah, life happens. Life gets in the way. All of us have started new ventures. Well, most all of us have started new ventures. One of us is just getting screwed by their old venture. Who's that? That would be you. Me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you started a new venture of any type? Uh, yeah. Um, it's called sports betting. Oh. Which we still have the same sponsor, so quick work. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code BELIEVE. Bet online, where the game starts. Since we're back, I guess we might as well just talk about the entire season. Might as well. Um, yeah, the fucking roller coaster ride that it was. It, it was. It really was. Like, thinking back about it, like, think back to the first week of the season. Like, the optimism. Everybody. Uh, mm. You had all the new signings you were expecting. It's preseason, we looked good. Ojeda looked good preseason. Look like ass. Like, Rafael Santos. Yep. And we see all that thrown around. Yeah. Like, it's just a season of, like, reversal halfway through. Shit you never would have expected yeah. to happen just happened. Like, I feel like our playoff or our, our preseason lineup, <clears throat> if we would have talked about it then, our best lineup was going to be <clears throat> Pedro and Goal, obviously. Um, we'll see. Get to Petrasso. Petrasso at left back. Janssen, Antonio, obviously. Right Mikey. back would have been Holiday. Yep, Mikey. Yep. <clears throat> um, move into the midfield. We would have wanted to see. Caesar. Caesar, Mo, and you can't say Cartagena. No, we didn't. It wasn't Cartagena at that point in time. Did you? Did I, think, well, I think. No, I think I we think wanted we Mo to play the eight, and we wanted Facundo to grow into the, the 10. 10. 10. And then Ojeda, oh, possibly. Yeah, Ojeda on the right. Yeah. And then Angulo on the left. Cara didn't know about Duncan. It probably was Cara. Cara. It was Cara up top. I'm pretty sure I said start Duncan right away. No. <laughs> There's Who no way. No, nobody said anything about starting. There's no way we said Cara has to start. No, no, I think we, we expected. Enrique. Yeah, we expected Enrique to come in. He was and, a three million dollar man yeah. from Argentina. We expected Enrique to come in and, and do some do some things for us. So. Shout out to him, though. 
Yeah. Making the U23s, right? Or 21? He's one of those. So. One of those. Um, then we proceed to decline heavily. <laughs> yeah, we start. Let's get back to the start of the season up here. Um, we win yeah. the we win the season opener. I guess the Red Bulls one nil. Yep. And then we go and draw four straight. Yep. Scoring two goals in those four games. Nil mm. nil draw against Cincy. The first leg against Tigres nil nil in Mexico. Come back, draw DC 1-1. That was a game where, like, we have to win this, and we drew. And then the uh, home leg against T-Grace was 1-1. So, Car. the home <laughs> leg against T-Grace, we all at that point in time were like, this is the turning point for this team. They went over there, they battled, they got the nil-nil, and then we came here and got a result, so to say, but the away goal rule ends up, Screwing us, screwing us over and putting us out. So, against one of the top clubs in our, you know, our conference, mm-hmm. that's that's a result. So we all, I feel like at that point in time, we're like, this is it. This is the team, Kara, with this ridiculous bike. Like this is gonna get him on a roll. Like now he's gonna build some confidence. He's gonna start scoring. Yeah. He's gonna, <laughs> and what happened after that? Uh, we went, no, we didn't go. We stayed and played Charlotte. Oh, we lost that one. That was the most disappointing game of all time. I think that's when the, the wheels started turning. <clears throat> there was a crowd that started shifting more towards Poppy out. There was the crowd that stayed full on Poppy in. And then the divide started to happen. Created by OC Fan TV. 100%. Give us our credit where it's due. We are the narrative <laughs> We apparently. created that entire narrative. Nobody in the world wanted Oscar to get out until we said something about it, apparently. Don't forget that we also hate the club and want the worst for it. Yep. Shout out Darius. This is true. You never let us forget. Yeah, so we go and lose to Charlotte. Uh, Ojeda scores in the 57th, but two goals before that. From uh, Enzo Capetti and I think it's uh, Kerwin Vargas. Yeah. 26 and 37th minute. So we went down early, midway through the second half, 2-0. Couldn't call it back against what ended up being, I think, the Tenth place. ninth place team. They, they got in the play-in playoff. It's because of how atrocious the West was this year, too. I mean, they're in the East? No, I'm just saying like them even being like 10th overall, correct? No. Overall, no. No, no, no the no. East. Ninth in the East. My bad. Got you. Yeah, ninth in the East. Oh. They had more losses than wins. So. Uh-huh. Fantastic. So, yeah, that happened. And then we continue to not look great. And we play Charlotte in the Open Cup. Oh, who was. Was that you? Yeah, that was me. Hey, sitting here doing the watch along. Oh, it was just. Just the best time ever. Well, we did we did skip a lot of games in between there, but they're all win loss, win loss, win loss. Yeah, it, go. It, it was just mediocrity. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that open cup game was possibly the worst match of football I've ever seen in my life. It was it played at a little. High, it wasn't even a high school stadium. It was like a community park. Yeah, it was yeah. some soccer complex over there. Um. We had eleven shots. How many did we have on target? Zero. Zero. <laughs> they had six shots, four on target, and one Who's goal. Who's starting up top that game? Duncan McGuire. Don't even give that look. 
who started a center back that game? Johnson and Schlegel. Oh, Schlegel. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I remember that game being like a weird lineup for that that phase, like that time. All right, sorry about that. We had some video. Video. To pull a, pull a, what's his name? Zion. It's right there. Um, we had some visitors pop in the studio, so we got a little distracted there. But we were just talking about the lineup against Charlotte in the Open Cup and how it was a little different at that time for us because what we expected, like we talked about our best lineup. But looking at that lineup now, we see a lot of regular starters for us come the end of the season. Dagger Dan being in there. He was in the midfield, but he's in that lineup. Duncan starting up top. Schlegel in the back line. Rojo in the middle. Yep. Rafael Santos. Rafael Santos in the lineup. So. It all came together eventually. Eventually. Oscar clearly toying around with different things and stuff like that during that time frame. And then post that game, it still didn't get great. Right. It was just it got it got, it better. got better. The right? losses right. disappeared and turns into draws, draws and the draws turned into wins. That was a away stretch. That was against Columbus. Oh, we played Columbus once away. Uh-huh. And then that was a two two draw that we came back and drew one one uh, against NYCFC in Orlando. So this was the start of the turn. Pretty much, yes. Right, because we went and we drew NYCFC. Mm-hmm. We beat Atlanta. Uh, drew Atlanta. We beat. We were up against beat. Atlanta. I think we conceded late. We conceded 86 minutes. And then we played Miami, correct? We played Fort Lauderdale one match before Atlanta. We, we won 3-1. Okay, so yes, yeah, so this was the start of the redemption arc. <clears throat> Because that the Miami <laughs> Fort Lauderdale game ended up being uh, the is point. the turning point, correct? Yep. So, yeah, we could talk a little bit about that. Um, obviously, special to have that moment happen against the small little brother team. You know, um, being at that game was also really cool mm. because for the first time that season, we saw it click. It was like the first time that we went in there and just walked on a team. Now, granted, that Miami team was atrocious at that time, but any rivalry game, we know this across all sports, rivalry games are never givens. Mm -hmm. They're always tough, scrappy matches, and this was no exception. But, yeah, the fucking piped-in crowd noise over the speakers to the printed TIFO that they've been using for the past four years. Like, it all was just a sham. And yeah. it was great to go in there and, and do what we did. I feel like that really gave this team a lot of confidence, too. Looking back on it. It had to. There's no way it didn't. Like, we just walked into our rival's house and did what we just did. Like, we are that good. We can be that good. So... That game, can you look at the lineup real quick? Yep. Is that the first time that we saw, not first time per se, but like the Araujo, Araujo Cartagena pairing? So that's what I was just scrolling looking for. And the first time that I see it is against the Galaxy at home. Foot Mom has us in a 4 4 1 1 with Facundo playing right behind Cora. But in all reality, that's not what happened. Right. And Araujo and Cartagena were the two in the middle. So 
it was one, two, three, four, five games before that. Right. So, but then there were games in between that in that stretch it switched. that it didn't happen. So the first time we saw it, I believe, was against the Galaxy at home. Uh huh. Was that, that game Araujo Cartagena? Yes, the Galaxy game. No, or the Miami, the Miami. Miami game was yes. All right. So maybe I feel like that game was what cemented moving forward that this has got to be the pairing mm-hmm. because, like, to dominate the midfield, like, we just to dominate that game like we did, but to dominate the midfield especially like we did, we hadn't seen that all year. Yeah. And we've seen it three games straight after that. Maybe make it four against Colorado, maybe? Yep. Four. So, yeah, right after that, it was boom. It was Araujo in that game against Fort Lauderdale. Araujo had an 8.6 rating on football with an assist, and Cartagena had a 7-5. Before so they were that, well. before that, what was the pairing? It was Araujo and uh, midfielder of your choice, uh, or mainly Mo, because okay, everybody wanted play to play that eight for Pundo. Okay, or it would be a three-four-two-one formation. So it was no one could figure out what to do, especially Oscar <coughs> in the beginning of the season tactically, and then we stumbled upon the four-two-three-one, and we've been stuck with that. Not stuck; it's a good thing. But we've been hanging on to it ever since. So, this starts the Orlando City redemption arc, but it also starts the redemption arc of somebody that becomes so integral to the way that we play in this team, and that is Rafael Santos. Mm-hmm. That game and that goal flipped everything on, on his head for him. Like, remember watching him early in the season and being like, this man is so shit. It was, yeah. free, it was a New England oh, preseason shit. game where we saw him as like, <laughs> he did the this guy's fucking yeah, trash. Yeah, a little slow-ass roulette. He will never see the field over Petrasso. My fat, my fat ass could do a roulette <laughs> faster than that man could. <laughs> I was still wishing we had fucking Emmanuel Moss back there. No, I mean, at that, yeah, at that point in time, I was like, why did we let this motherfucker go? None of our options are good. <laughs> Yeah. And now it, it makes sense. Like, he yep. is – I feel like he is our best player going forward. He creates so he much. He creates the most yeah. when he's out there. Wait, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing when you have Facundo and Ojeda on your team? Because I, I feel like one of those two should at least – They should, but he, like, the, the quality in his delivery is so consistent. It's it insane. So, Facundo and Ojeda are technically, like – with their ability, more creative players. But the way we we play and how the counter is so important to us being able to break presses and move the ball quickly, he is so important because he's that player that springs that. You know, He's the person that receives the ball in space and finds somebody to be able to do it. And then, you know, our midfield obviously has been incredibly important for us. That game we saw, like you said, the cementing of – that midfield pairing and Cartagena becoming what are you now? Jesus. <laughs> like we talk about last year and early in the season we were like Araujo, 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 Araujo. Mm-hmm. Like he, this is the guy he's going to be gone going to Europe. Like I think he's staying here for a little yeah, while now. And now mm-hmm. it's like I would have rather had Cartagena at any moment. Like if we're going to lose one of them let Araujo go. Not that you want him to go. No, I mean, if we're going to have somebody go out with an injury or we're going to miss somebody in that midfield, I'd rather see Araujo go. And it's 
no discredit to him because he still is a fantastic player and that pairing is phenomenal. But will there have been something else out of this world? I mean, aside from the probably goal of the season that he had, <laughs> can we talk about the other one that got saved? It was, it was almost the exact same thing. Yeah, yes. just the one that went in was just perfect top ends mm-hmm. right in the corner. The other one so a little bit off. Been there. Well, he also had two more goals this season as well. So, for somebody of his caliber scoring three times for us, like, not bad. Nope. That was the same thing with Caesar. He would bring the assist. Did Caesar score? I don't know. He might have had one. I think I'm telling you right now, I ain't from outside the box because that motherfucker doing warm ups every time is the same shit. Caesar ranks it wide. Yeah, he did have one goal this year. He did. I do remember it being inside the box. Wheeler only had two. Apparently. Could have sworn he had three. Should I trust in football? Yeah. I, I'm not arguing. I just feel like yeah. I remember a header and then two other goals. But uh, no two. Yeah. anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, so like they said on the promo they put out, the Road Warriors brought it back home. We were mm-hmm. the best team in the league. Form-wise, points-wise, on the road. And then we become the most informed team in the league. Yeah, we were. We ended up finishing the season the best uh, team in the league away with 31 total points. Uh, next closest was Cincinnati at 28, and then in the West, Salt Lake at 28. So we were matched ahead of everybody uh, away. And then home in the East, we ended up 9-5-3 uh, and three with a total of 32 points. That was put a seventh in the league or seventh in the East, sorry, um, in home form. That's that's still an issue. Well, yeah. that slow start at the beginning it's, of the season. It all really boils down to the start that we had, where nothing was clicking for anyone. Really, only three losses. I say only. It shouldn't be three, but from the way that we started to only have three losses yeah. and then nine wins, five draws. I'm not mad at the turnaround that we ended I, up with. I feel like there was another point in the season that really took us to like a another level. Mm. And I think that was uh, Dagger Dan going from a, maybe he would play a couple minutes here and there in midfield to a uh, starting so right back. Starting right back, yeah. That, that was a big choice because Mikey ended up getting hurt and then he lost his spot because of that. Um, he ran with Kyle Smith there for a while. I love that it, man. but It worked yeah. for a, a game or two. Like he looked decent. It worked. But then when he started getting inverted, yeah, that's we, where the troubles came. Until it's we started inverting, then Kyle Smithino came out. We saw some techie football <clears throat> from him there for a little bit. He was he was doing some you know little skills. We got to see him get in the midfield and do some things, and then he got exposed. And it's not his fault that he was asked no. to go play in the middle. No, he, absolutely, he's not a midfielder. And you, ha- it's like, it's the same thing almost with Trent. You ask him to go play in the middle, it's a much different spot on the field. You're not swiveling your head all the time. You don't, you're not looking over your shoulder and checking every – like, you have to be so aware to play in the middle of the pitch. Yep. And it's just a different position because if you're playing right back, there's never someone – 99% of the time, there's not a defender behind you trying to get the ball. In the midfield, there's someone trying to attack you from every which way. So it's just the awareness that's not implemented in your mind from playing that position for years on end. Um, can't really blame him for the performances. 
like yeah, you'd, you'd want to see better, but you're right back asking to invert to play. Sometimes we saw him in a ten position. Yeah, he ended up on the top of the box, and it's just like, well, why is Kyle Smith where Mo should be or Facundo should be? Yep. And then we would lose possession. Um, so it's a bit unfortunate for him, but Dagger Dan took what chances chances were given to him, and he did it really well. So. Yeah, well, you're taking a natural midfielder, like you were just saying, and moving him into, you know, that right-back spot. And there's concerns, yes, about the defensive capabilities of somebody being in the back line. But we saw us adapt because we wanted to invert, and that double pivot, like we were saying, was so important. You know, you're talking about Trent earlier, and Trent's the, also the perfect example for this case because Trent is an absolute, absolutely horrendous defender. Pretty much. Probably worst defender in the Premier League, only to beat out Harry Maguire. Don't, that's the Premier League player of the month you're talking about. Yeah, you better watch yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry, how, how, how do you help them out against Bayern? <clears throat> How'd that Champions League cameo go? Uh, we actually won 3-1 because we had goal of the month. <laughs> manager of the month. Oh, right, you won three trophies. How did month. Ten Hag yeah. get manager of the month? Fine. We went 3-0. Against <laughs> against who? Don't ask me. I'm sorry. Just, I'm just stating you what he got. What he won for. Anyway, back to um, McGuire being a horrible defender. McGuire, um, Trent. No, I, we. Oh, Harry. Or, yeah. They're talking about no, Duncan. no. I was like, why are you sleeping? No, up? big dunks. Somebody else that we'll talk about next. I feel like probably. Um, we adjusted, so that's why I was getting. You know, you see Klopp do it at Liverpool. You know, he's an absolute horrendous defender so you rotate over you pivot people over you have your your six being able to jump outside so we were able to start seeing Cartagena and Caesar really shine at what they do best and that's just control and dominate I'm trying to find the first game is to win Dagger Dan played it right back I think and this it was is, after the league cup was, we had yeah, a few yeah. this run of Kyle months. Smith at right back went way longer than I thought it did because oh, yeah. we didn't have another spot at right back, and we didn't think there at the time is. to put Dagger Dan in that position. It was a three-one win against Chicago at, uh, in Chicago, and this was on August twentieth. So latter part of the season. Yep. Yep. Post post League's Cup, uh, August going into September. So that's when we started to see it, uh, and then he, I think he put in a decent shift. Seven-two, yeah, you know. 16 out of 19 passes, two or three successful dribbles. Didn't have to win a tackle because he didn't try to perform tackle, apparently. So that's great. One block, one clearance, one recovery. There you go. Yep. And from then on out, I believe we saw – yeah, we saw him right back. Yeah, because St. Louis came to town, and he was he was class that game. That, yeah. When we won 2-1, St. Louis had the red. Facundo uh, – with the brace. So then we started seeing Dagger Dan do his thing. Never looked back. So, last thing I want to say on Dagger Dan before we move on to somebody else. Has he cemented himself in that spot for you? Because I see people talking about it on Twitter and stuff like that, that we need to bring in another right back. and and. I think Mikey stays healthy. We're fine. I don't see the reason in spending on a right back personally. I'd rather spend it at a 10. Yeah, I'd. Like you said, Mikey stays healthy. He's a phenomenal backup option. He fits the mold better. We also 
still have Kyle Smith under contract, correct? Or was he... I don't no. think his option was no. declined. It's junior... I know there's three gone, but I don't think Kyle... Junior, Mo, and Alfredo uh, um, Rivera. Yeah. yeah, those three. So, we still have Kyle Smith. Obviously, he can slot in there in emergency situations. Before we confirm that, hold on. Kyle Smith, option exercised. So, yeah. So, I don't see the need to, to sign another right back. I don't think we're going to get somebody of much more quality to play there for a reasonable amount of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, I'm, my thing is, like, you give him a full off season of training as a right back, and he's still, what, 23 or so? Somewhere around still there. a young player. He, like, sky's the limit for him. Learning a new position in season, he did that that, that well of a job, I think. Yep. He can only go up from here, honestly. Continue to and I'm that. here for it. I love that man. He's going to be sliding around like a little penguin in Calgary. I mean, in my eyes, he didn't do a whole lot wrong at all last season. No, I mean, people questioning his defense and stuff like that and saying that's why we need to bring somebody else in. And it's like I said to you guys, it's like I can't remember. I mean, probably there are a couple of goals that have happened throughout the season that were, were a result of him. But I can't remember anything that sticks out of my head that's like, this guy fucking sucks, and that's why this happened. There was never really a moment of that. Yeah. Usually there's something like Schlegel. Like, for example, Schlegel getting the second yellow. Yep. There's nothing that stands out that Dagger Dan did this or didn't do that. Like, even if we do bring in another right back, it's he's going to have a tough time beating out Dan for that right back spot. Especially if you want Dan to end up in the middle again mm. and invert, then I'd... Right now, he's anyone on our roster, he's that perfect profile because he has the experience in the midfield, and he's yeah, he's still improving defensively. It's not like he was bad. So he can do the job at right back. He can do the job in the middle and be a Swiss Army knife. Even uh, at the beginning of the season, Oscar put him up right mid, right wing, so he even has that attacking ability somewhat. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I'd like to see him stay for a good amount of time. We also have Alex Freeman. That is right true. Back. In the academy, so just training with Sporting Lisbon. So I don't think if we spin on a right back, that that would be a waste. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do not disagree. So somebody else that stood out this season and was huge to us doing what we did is our number nine out of the draft yet again. Us striking gold in in the draft with Duncan McGuire. Jeez. Should, oh no! There's no rookie of the year in MLS anymore. Yeah. It's just young, new, player. young, young player, player of the year yeah. and, and newcomer of the year. Just new award created for Messi. Did, did you end up ever thinking that Caro was going to be a newcomer of the year, or am I making that up? <laughs> Not you. You no. Oh really? I don't fucking know. Maybe. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what's crazy about five teams passed on Duncan. And we even passed on him with our second pick. Because we took Shaq yeah. Muhammad first. That's we, crazy. He's new. That's crazy. To be fair, he's he's still somewhat of a raw product. And when you look at him play, you don't get the sense of great technical ability. No. And he, he's not the best technically, but he gets the job done uh, in a very decent manner. 
and his finishing is pretty close to A1, he, if I would say so. He's a perfect fit for the mold that Oscar wants there at that number nine. Don't need to be super physical, but you, you need to be physical. You don't need to be super fast, but you, you want to have a little pace on you. He's got some pace. But you need to work in an Oscar Preyas system. To Who be did? the number nine. Who didn't work? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't to think be, that like, he didn't. He just couldn't. That's <laughs> a mix. Like, to, to be the number nine in this system, you have to... Run your ass off. We're, we're going to control the possession and control the tempo of the game, but not always by keeping the ball. We want to defend from the front. That's just how we've always done it. We're going to keep people pinned back against their in their final third, not allow them to cross midfield. That's the way that Preha systems operate. When we win the ball, we're going to do something with it. We'll keep the ball, we'll pass it around. When we don't have the ball, that guy up top has to be starting our attack, our defense, however you want to look at it. And you, we saw him score goals that way. He scored multiple that way, if I'm not incorrect. Yeah. yeah. So. Like it, it, it's so lethal when we press well because you've got you've got Duncan up top who will run his ass off for days. You've got Angulo out left who will run his ass off for days and is fast as fuck. And then you've got Facundo who does his job. So when all three of them, yeah. he knows where to be. He's in the yeah. right place at the right time. He is. And when we press as a unit, it's so good. The only, That's the only reason why we lost that game against Columbus. We didn't take our chances mm-hmm. the first 15, 20 minutes. That's true. I think uh, Duncan McGuire, not I think I know I'm looking at it, uh, outperformed his XG tally. By 7.4. He had 5.6 XG on the season and scored 13. So for him to be outscoring his XG by that much could be, like, you could look at it as a season of, like, uh, beginner's luck kind of thing. But the man just works. No, it's just those are all effort goals. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously he scored some goals that have been created for him, you know. As any striker should. But... Those are effort goals. A lot of those are effort goals. And he needs to, and he's, he's admitted to it, he needs to learn how to pace himself and control that effort. Can't be full go 100% for 90 minutes because you're just, you're a human. You're going to lose stamina. You're going to lose, you're going to get tired. But yeah, he's he was great for us this year. Very surprising. I don't think any of us would have guessed that this is, like, yeah, he was the top scorer in college, correct? Yeah. But that doesn't translate to the professional level 100% of the time. So, I was going to say uh, the, the XG, if people look at it like beginner's luck, you got to go back and like see what he did before coming into the pros, and he did the same exact thing. So it's just yeah. what, it, it's what he does, and he does it very well. And it, uh, I mean, it transformed a- or it progressed into uh, the pros so but, but it it is something that he won't be able to do for his whole career you age bet. you get older i'll bet <laughs> you can't even do it now no it's fair you know he's not going to be the ex- same explosive <clears throat> person that he's 
but he has time to develop other traits mm-hmm. to be able to exactly. continue to compete. Like you said, it's a raw product. The kid, he's he's just just stepping into real actual development. It took him what would could be deemed as a quarter of an MLS season because he didn't really play at the beginning to start attracting attention from, from Europe. If he continues to do this, it could be ended up and dear Lord English is hard. It could end up being Daryl DK two point Kyle Aaron three point two point one. Yeah, my goodness. So it's not always a bad thing to draft these kids and then be a little older than, you know, these international products. We get stuff like that. I mean, you look at let's Matt Turner is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody that let up one of, was on the ESPN not top ten for that goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and was on a bench and was another. You know, MLS journeyman now is starting every week, week in and week out in the Premier League. Like that is the definition of development as a player you know when you're a little older you you take these things more seriously i feel like and you and you eat up the knowledge that's being given to you rather than just being an 18 year old signing your first contract at a professional team here in america you're like fuck this guy i got here by myself i don't need this guy you know you're young you're you're stupid so he's going to develop a lot and he's going to develop fast i think we're going to see a different dr mcguire next year I hope so. So then, do you want to? No, go ahead. Sorry. That uh, that playoff run was depressing, to say yes. the least, from him. So there's the three matches, no goals, no assists. <clears throat> ended up with like an average, like a six point two, six point three rating on foot mob. We saw those kind of same runs throughout the regular season, to where he would go three, four games, and not contribute really anything. Right. He would have the classic par of fifteen to twenty touch game, and that's it. But then he would come back and he'd go on a run of three or four games and then have a goal and assist or in those four matches have like five goal contributions. Ah. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, So the consistency is something that I want to see change massively because if we keep going through those runs of inconsistency, it's going to become a problem. And then maybe the confidence gets gets shot. Hopefully not. Um, But the consistency is a big thing. I think it comes back to what he was saying, uh, how he doesn't know how to, like, save his energy and stuff. So, like, playing at a high, at such a high level over and over again and you put it all out on the field one match day, then you come back the next probably midweek games and then you see him only get 12 to 15 touches and he's not creating the opportunities he was pressing and stuff. What what he did so well so and i mean we're gonna have a shit ton of games next year because we've got what mls leagues cup champions cup leagues cup open cup open cup it's gonna be the same amount of competitions yeah same amount of competitions we have this year hopefully we get farther we want yeah we want to go further in all the competitions i don't know and he'll be starting at the beginning too so it's going to be a lot a lot bigger load for him i think we see the consistency. I hope we see the consistency come this next season. He's got a you know a full year under his belt. He's more accustomed to the league. He understands how he needs to operate as a professional. Because that's also another thing is like going from college to any professional sport. It's completely different. Because mm-hmm. in college, yes, they're strict, they're rigorous. Like I've worked in the athletics departments. I've seen how these college kids operate. It's it's for real, but it's not. 
a professional level because I've also gone out to the clubs and seen athletes out at the clubs and drinking and doing that kind of stuff, you know. That doesn't happen at a professional level. Like, when you're getting paid by somebody, you're not going out every Friday, Saturday to get drunk, especially here in Orlando. I when saw someone at it uh, once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> once. But you know what I mean? Like, maybe if you're Killian Mbappe, you can get away with it. You saw know what Kyle I mean? Aaron on the other side of the road, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, learning how to operate as a professional is a big part of that adjustment. And I think that he's got that under his belt now, and he's going to be able to grow this next year. Yeah. Wanna, huh? I was going to say, Doc, get back into the end of the regular season schedule here. Yeah. Um, we ended off with that St. Louis uh, win in Orlando where Dagger Dan started taking over uh, his job. We're not going to talk about the Charlotte match that we drew and ended up not beating them once this season. Uh, but we are going to jump into the six-match win streak that we had going into the end of the season, beating Montreal 3-0, Nashville 1-0. Uh, Orlando, I forgot our own team. Orlando 3-2, uh, Toronto 2-0. So uh, in that span of matches, those four before we hit the playoff games, was two goals conceded in mm. four matches. Mm. And then uh, we ourselves scored four, seven, nine. So that was a good little run heading into the playoffs. We secured the second seed uh, yeah. in that run. I'm glad we had that run, too, because we secured that Champions Cup with that, too. Because we were sitting around, like, the fourth best. fourth place, right? In the East for a little while, and we went on that end-of-season run. And Popped us up in there? Yes, sir. Yeah, we started, we started to see us play like we knew the team. We knew the team that we knew they were, you know what I mean? We saw them go out there and perform at that level that we expected at the start of the season. Which, you know, is a little unfair, obviously. <laughs> start of the season, you're going to be messing up. You're going to be adjusting and doing stuff like that. But this is that team. that That's the team that I love to watch, that Orlando team. That South American flair. Like, we got, you know, the villains. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm go out there and just bully opponents, dominate games possession-wise. Like, it was just – it's fun football to watch. It's a long time. It's been a first time in a long time where it's like every game we went to, it was exciting to be there. Yep. So that's probably why we were so pissed off in the first third of the season because this is what we knew we were capable of mm -hmm. with the talent that we had. We just didn't see it out on the field, and that's where the frustration came from. Yep, I would 100% agree with that. Going back on that South American flair, whenever Messi comes to Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, um, I need to see Felipe starting out there. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't give a fuck who he spot he takes. I just want him to put him in Mark Messi the whole fucking time. Put him in at the ten, so that way we still have Araujo and Cartagena out there. Say uh, Araujo just... and Cartagena are living rent free in Messi's head. Just straight three four, four three three with straight sixes across the middle. <laughs> and all three of them are just kicking the shit out of Messi, Messi the entire game. Classic four four two Brexit ball. Yeah. Play like it too. Two foot them. Alright, and then he don't don't even need to. Like we we beat in my sorry, outer four Lauderdale on the open cup. 
sign Big Sam as a as no. a consultation coach. Match. League's Cup. No, 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 no. The one that we should have won that League's Cup. Messi should have gotten cup. sent off. League's League's cup. Oh, that was League's Cup. You're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we uh, bringing bringing Big Sam as a consultation coach for that game. <laughs> Him and Sean Dyche together. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Oscar, yes. oh, that is terrorist football. My <laughs> God. Oscar, Big, Big Sam, Sam, and Sean, Sean Dyche. Whoa, you bring in Simeone just to make it the ultimate terrorist ball. And oh, you imagine, you imagine the team coached by that? They'd, be, they'd go undefeated, but they'd never win a game. It's just a cartel at that point. <laughs> You're done. So you go you down that. a man, and it'd be Spurs against Chelsea. It is just <laughs> the, the one nine with straight nil nil draws for the entire season. Then maybe we squeak out a few one nil wins. Maybe Duncan, Oscar's Duncan gets still there. So the one nil is still on. Yeah, the table. that's <laughs> very true. Or the one one concede ninety plus three. Mm-mm. I less of that. <laughs> so we had that little run that got us into the uh, secured the second seed for us and got us into the Champions Cup, and then the playoffs started. No. <laughs> yeah, isn't that good? Would you rather us not get into the playoffs? So no. honestly, I just want to say, every year I go in the playoffs, no hope. Fuck it. I don't. I know the same shit's gonna happen. This year in the final six games, the final half of the season, I finally went into the MLS Cup, thinking we could actually do it. We we should have done it, and then Schlegel. So, Good Nashville press. first. Yep. We had the 1 0 win <laughs> at home. <clears throat> both of them were 1 0. Squeaked them both out. Really. Uh, they were very, they yeah. were very different 1 0s. The second the one, one was at home was a convincing 1 0 in our favor. But they, they, Nashville still had chances to finish. Well, of course, because it's Honey Mukhtar. He's, uh, he's pulling up from just inside halfway, and it's maybe going in. They had a couple the opportunities. They had a couple yeah. opportunities. They are a good football team. It is the playoffs. You're not playing anybody of the caliber of Charlotte in the playoffs. Technically, someone played Charlotte. <laughs> well, you saw what happened to them, though. They got 5 nil, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that was it. Uh, Against Red Bulls. <clears throat> yeah, oh, so it was bad, was it? And then Red Bulls got four one on aggregate and two legs. So that's what you, like when you get to this point in the playoffs, you're not playing a shit team, or you're you are the shit team. What are you doing? <laughs> Just <laughs> depressed. <laughs> so it was like like I was saying, two very different games. The away leg, much more nervy. But Ass. the home leg, twenty five shots to their seven. But we had 25 shots and re- had to rely on an, a cracker of a goal to go up 1-0. So Where? we had 24 other opportunities to score, but we couldn't. Honestly, that goal deserved to be alone. Yeah. That's, deserved that's to be true. highlighted. Yes, but at the same time... It's not great. 24 shots, you have one big chance. They had seven shots, two big chances. Got the job done. Like, that's all that really matters, if we're being honest. Does that not... If, if that was United, you're like, really? That was, you know what that, that screams? A win's a win. You know what that screams? Yes. Pareja ball. Mm, Pareja ball is not 25 shots. And Facundo selling. Pareja ball with this team. 
with him with this with this talent and stuff like that because we saw it all year long where we're we're not putting shots on target we're not capitalizing on our opportunities we're squeaking it out one nil two nil I mean obviously squeaking it out we were convincing in, in a lot of these games but we didn't capitalize on our opportunities if we would have had a better XG this year well not I'm sorry if we would actually perform to our XG this year we probably would have had like 200 goals I think we might have outperformed our XG. Uh, I'm sorry. So we would have put more shots on target is what I meant. Yeah. We probably would have had 200 goals this year. (laughs) We We had 25 in one game. I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, we had 1.2 XG. They had 1.2 XG. We had over three times the amount of shots. Bit unfortunate. To only be 1-0, but a win is a win. And then we moved on to Nashville. Uh, in Nashville, and that game was definitely a different story from what we saw. We still outshot them. We had more XG, but it was a little bit scarier of a match to watch, I would say. It's just kind of shite. Like, think about the going back to the goal. Angulo's, it, it was kind of shit. That was an MLS goal at its funnest. Yeah. <laughs> and aside from that, I don't, remember, yeah, I don't remember a lot happening for us. Nope. It was kind of those, like, sit back. The goal goes in. Sigh of relief because six minutes in, and now we get to watch the Poppy special happen in all its glory. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. Did you have to use the word glory? Wasn't I really. mean, it, it worked for last six games of the season. Those really weren't Poppy specials, though. Those were just poppies. <laughs> <laughs> Those were just specials. Yeah, just you could have picked one, two words in that sentence, and you picked the wrong one. <laughs> Those were just dads. <laughs> yeah, so uh, dispatch Nashville. Good feeling. Yeah. Whole lot of. That's becoming a rivalry very, very quickly, and it's because. Those dumb, ignorant rednecks out there think they know football. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That escalated very quickly. Uh, Yeah, I'm talking about Denzel. 100%. You still live it in your head right free? No. Just because we were talking about Nashville. It reminded me about... Yeah. Even in the the away leg for us, 1.25 XG there, 0.37, and we still outshot them by 6 um, they outpassed us by 37 passes. I mean, I, f- I feel like every team that plays Nashville is going to outshoot them. They don't really attack a lot. <laughs> They're the definition of a fucking poppy special. <laughs> they Every game of the season is poppy special. I don't know enough about them to, to make that statement about them. They're the mm-hmm. most American soccer yeah. team I can think of. Oh, I just don't think that's true, sir. What? They had 23 shots to New England's 13. So <clears throat> New England was in shambles later on in the season. They're just, the for me, they're just like the most, like I said, dumb redneck team. Especially because, I don't know if you saw the news today, but they traded away roster spots for allocation money. So they're basically just saying... Fuck international players. It's just... Just Dax McCarty yeah, coming back yeah. for his 39th year in the league. 
<laughs> that's what I'm saying. The dumb redneck team. It's just like, nah, we don't need them damn people from outside America. We we we've got ourselves some beer here. Where the fuck is this going? <laughs> ah, fuck Nashville. It's becoming a rivalry. That's where I went. Yeah. But it's been a natural rivalry. Yeah. It's grown, and and I'm 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 here for it. The, yeah. You know, it started out just being like a good rivalry because it was always just good games between mm-hmm. us, and now they've become very chippy and. A lot of <laughs> trash talking. <laughs> You're right over there. Yeah, we're back. So, yeah, then we go to... No, I don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> we Colorado. Or Colorado. 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 Colorado made the playoffs. Hey. This league's got a problem. Hey, I'm just saying Colorado's got a new start with Chris Armas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Bringing the United Football Heritage, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, so good. Columbus ended up with a total of uh, seven, ca- no, six cards for us, and that almost kind of tells the story of the game because it was horrific, just from all aspects. Really, finishing, not taking our chances, and then it, uh, the Schlegel red was just the, to cap it all off. Really, that was it. Yeah. What day was that? What was the date on that? That would have been Saturday, November 25th. So, the MLS Cup Final was played Saturday, November 25th. One could say. We still lost it, though. Yeah, but the Cup was played that day. Let's just, in all reality, we were the only team that could compete with this Columbus team. Everybody else got washed. LA did all right. They did not. They, they got shit on. They looked like hot shit. I didn't really watch the game, so I was just saying shit, to be no. honest. They, I understand it for banter point, but that's... No. They got <clears> washed. <throat> Cincinnati got washed. They played... Who before us? Uh, Red Bulls? No. Not Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, and Atlanta is is hot shit. So well, they took them to three games, no? No. It was yes, because yeah, they had that special game back at Mercedes Mercedes Benz. I'll say game. we were really close to playing Atlanta here for that playoff game. Yeah, it was a Columbus two 0 win, an Atlanta four two win, and then a Columbus four two win. <laughs> that was a series and a half. <laughs> so yeah, perfect example for why. The three-game series is stupid because everybody who should have won those games won them. Whether it took them two games or three games, the better team won every single time, just like they would have done if it was one game. Sporting Kansas City was only one, but... Say low key, didn't but Sporting Kansas City get knocked City out in the first round? Yeah. By SKC. By SKC, oh, okay, but yeah. SKC was hot going into the playoffs. They started out as shit. They had a terrible beginning of the year, but they really picked it up going into the playoffs. They lost to St. Louis 4-1 September 30th. Then win, win, win on pens. What was that for? What was a win on pens? Oh, that was a playoff game against San Jose. Interesting. And then they beat St. Louis 4-1, and then they beat St. Louis 2-1, and then lost to Houston 1-0. So... They did, yeah. They got hot going into the playoffs. They were really informed. They were a sleeper team for 
you know, pulling some upsets, and they did it. But there was no, like I said, no team in this playoff competed with Columbus like we did. And to be honest, we could have and should have won that game. 100%. We could have. Based discipline. on that performance, we should not have won that game. Yeah. Should we, is horrific. should we have, based on the entire season and who we were going into that playoffs yeah. and up until that point? Yes. We had to have been a favorite to lift the oh. cup at that point. I mean, even the chances that we had, I think we should have won based off of those chances. Like, you'd think the one Facundo skied inside the box, like right. yard or two in the box. Should have put that away, or at least on target, trouble the keeper. Kyle had one that we were forgetting about that he yeah. probably should have put away. Ojeda's at the end of the game. A little bit tougher, but yes. He inches. Trouble the keeper, at least on that. Yeah. So, definitely wasn't our best performance. Mm-hmm. And going down a man does us absolutely no favors. Then going down a goal and a man... <clears throat> Like realistically, that's a one-nil game, you know. That 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 second goal is just because we are trying everything we can, and Pedro is way outside yeah, of his doing his thing up there, apparently. So, so a question about Oscar going into the second half, having Schlegel on a yellow card. Stupid. I said he should have been out. Fucking stupid. stupid. I agree. He was across the stadium, and we had the same like. Yep. Conversation, yeah. You know he's going to do something fucking reckless in the second and half. He has to go off. It's not even that you had a like you were going to put in Thomas Williams. You're talking about Antonio Carlos. I feel like it's just it shouldn't have even been a decision. The only like and you shouldn't have to think about it. I'm 100% with you. The only thing that I can say, I guess, in his defense is you know, as a player, how hard it is to come up to the speed of the game. And especially at center back, when that pairing is so integral, you know, it can disrupt disrupt a lot of things. If there's positions in a match that you don't want to change, it's your your center backs. Those are the two that you mainly you don't take out of the game at all. Striker, you can interchange, they get tired. But the center backs, the chemistry and the communication that come from that position, it is integral. So to change it, it's a tough decision, but... When you're bringing in Antonio Carlos Correct. That's where I was for a Rodrigo Schlegel on a yellow card, that ten times out of ten you should be doing that. It's not like you're bringing in like we were saying a Thomas Williams who's never really played with Robin Johnson. Like we're talking about Antonio Carlos who's played multiple seasons alongside Robin Johnson mm-hmm. and over half this season alongside of him. So, yeah, say six months ago, if you told me that Antonio Carlos being subbed in for Rodrigo, I would say. What, what are you fucking talking about? Why is Antonio not starting? Yep. What are you like, that should have been a no, no-brainer. no Like you said, the chemistry, whatever it is, that's our best center back pairing probably yeah. of all time, right? Oh, absolutely. So uh, you would think in Oscar's mind, that's an easy decision to make, right? I just don't. Uh, it baffled me in the stadium. I said, whoever I was sitting next to, I said it too. I think I texted you, you texted me, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So... And we definitely didn't have to be the only ones in the stadium thinking that at that point. So for it to not even be an option, and I believe the second yellow happened 77th minute? 77th minute. So we got through 30 <clears throat> to, yeah, 32 minutes of the second half. At that point, 
65th minute max, and then you bring him off because it's still it's nil nil at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nil nil. You can bring Schlegel off, get Antonio on, and then you do your other subs. So you're not playing with a center back on a yellow in what is ended up being the end of our season, the last match, a crucial match to go even farther. But I, it goes kind of goes back to the late subs. And that's mm-hmm. a thing that's always been a problem with Oscar. And he's, he fixed it for a couple games, but it's still in his system. It's, it, every manager has a problem with it, but in others it's more prominent than others. And you pay the price for a decision like that. And unfortunately, it, it ended our season. Do you think it came down to that decision or the lack of the decision being made because he overthought it? You see, you see it happen to managers in big games. You if know what Pep I mean. Pep can overthink a UCL right. final, then Oscar can overthink like, an MLS playoff. Game. I feel like, I feel like Chelsea. personally, I feel like that might have been what happened. Like but, he just he just overthought it, and it's like we just said. He's like, well, if I bring in Antonio, does it disrupt that entire back line where we're already seeing threats and we're already under pressure? Like, does bringing Antonio in not is he not going to be able to be to keep up with the speed of the game, and now he's a liability. And no. But you also, on the other hand, you've got to think of Rodrigo has this in the system. It's a as a habit of his that he's reckless. You can't have that happen in one of the most important games of a season. And and the further it gets, like the further the game goes along, players are going to be tired. Spaces are going to open up. <coughs> Lazy gonna, tackles. Yeah, it's just. Like, I'm looking back on our text. He, Zach texted me, said in the 40th minute they should put in Antonio. He 40th said, minute? Yeah, you said Hire in the 40th. me now. I said bring him on after halftime because I feel like that would be a decent place for him to start. I think I had a conversation with, in the bathroom <laughs> with a few people talking about bringing on Antonio. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and, you know, provide a different perspective, but I'm 100% on the same Boat as you guys is that he shouldn't have been on the field in the second half. It's it's too much of a liability. Uh, you can't you can't be worried about the chemistry, or if he's up to speed. Rodrigo <laughs> is is rash in his challenges sometimes, and even if Rod or not Rodrigo, even if Antonio isn't fully up to speed right when he comes into the match, it's better than a Rodrigo on a yellow who is rash and ends up getting sent off in the seventy seventh, and we're down to ten. Because that's nice. literally all it takes, a ball over the top. Rodrigo's got to pull his man down. Yeah. As stupid as a challenge it is, that's on Poppy for not subbing him out. So the only question I have for you guys, and it's only something we can speculate, but we see, this is a theme for us in the playoffs, getting cards <clears throat> in these big moments and not having the composure. Um, we see that play happen in the regular season, right? Rodrigo lets him run. Mm. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't pull him down on a yellow already. He doesn't pull him down, and he allows Robin to try to slide over and put pressure on him. How many times do we see have to see Pedro come out and make that stop? And how many times does he make that stop? Awesome. That was my thought. Like Pedro would have gotten to that if right. Rodrigo so we see that out. all the time. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It happens a lot in the regular season. We just don't make that stupid challenge we trust in the players behind us to be able to make that play 
So what is it about us? I mean, it's the I guess it's the big moment. But what is it about us that we get into the playoffs and it's like now Rodrigo doesn't the trust that Pedro is going to make that stop. Your mind's going a million miles a second. Yeah, especially him. Like in his movements, like usually someone's composed if they're like looking all around. But Rodrigo, it's always like, <laughs> like every time you watch him on camera, it's just, it's like he's not in control. Take and a he's, breath. Yeah, it's very erratic. It's like he's on hyperdrive. Yeah, I'm just not even saying him. <clears throat> it's back to you know Juan, two years ago, you know getting the yeah. red card. Like, it, it's a theme for us in the, in the playoffs. And it's, to me, especially in this moment, it comes down to us not trusting the players that are around us and feeling like we have to do something in that moment. Oh, got sent off. Yep. At some point also. Yep. Oh, man, the frustration shit. But you got to be composed. Like, in that scenario, you got to be composed. So that's what I'm, it comes down to us lacking the composure in big moments. Composure and discipline. It's the and, same thing in Chelsea. Well, and... Gallagher and Reese sent off. Two captains sent off back-to-back match weeks. No, 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 no. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, we're it's talking about space. Mo getting sent off, and it's like, that's somebody with Champions League experience. You should <clears throat> you should know better. Not to bring it back to Chelsea again, but I'd say Reese is one of the calmer, more composed players that you see. He never really, like, he never shows a, a lot of emotion when he scores. He celebrates. But everything else, I feel like whenever you see him, it's just, he's straight face. Yeah. So for him... To do that is the same thing as Mo. Like, Mo can't show that frustration because he is that experienced player. Well, if Reese James smiles, it causes other muscles to work, and oh, then it shuts in. out. The well, so that's muscles. what I was I was just about to ask. Can you even say he's a Chelsea player anymore, or is he a Cobham player? He is a part of the organization. Because he, he no. uh, spends more time at Cobham than he does with the first team. Thumbs up. <laughs> you can't argue it. Nope. But... Back to Orlando City. It's just, we have to get over that hurdle. And, not to be the Debbie Downer, under Pereja, we have not, what? Under Pereja. Yeah, okay. like, I'll tell you when he was a manager Pereja. of Orlando City, yes, he's brought us to the playoffs every season. But then the same thing happens again. No, I, I agree. No. I don't, I, I want him here. But I just need to see that next step. So it was a two year contract extension that he signed. So we have minimum two years. <clears throat> is it official uh, official? I, I don't no, I don't think official, it's official official, but yeah. But from sources and everything. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something. No. Um it, no, I was gonna say if it stays the same, we get knocked out for a second round of the playoffs the next two years. It's that's in the future, we'll worry about that when it comes around. And, you know, I'm going to give my faith in him. Mm-hmm. What I want to focus on now is what do we get? What does he need to become better? You know what I mean? Like, we see his deficiencies and we see issues that he has. So now how as how can we, as an organization, help him become a better person, a better manager? Hopefully. Give him limited whiteboards on the sideline. Bring the stopwatches and a number 10. So hopefully we got one of those today. I'll just say he's confirmed now the signing of Wilder Wilder for two years now through 2025, which is fucking huge for us. Yeah, that's 
that's huge. We needed him to come back. That's the most important player for our team currently. Do not disagree. Um, yeah, getting him a number 10 because, you know, we love Mo. He did. He's a club legend, but we really need somebody in those moments that steps up, demands to be on the ball, you know what I mean? Creates those chances, scores those goals in those moments that we need. So mm-hmm. I feel like bringing him somebody like that would be huge to us elevating our game to the next level. What else do you think we need? A winger? A left wing? Someone on left, yeah. All the respect. You know, love Yvonne. Great <clears throat> depth option for us, but you need production from that spot. Mm. 100%. I mean, if we can get him to stay, but have him come off the bench. Him against tired legs is, is Ojeda not someone that you can see getting more minutes starting out left? Because he does have that production with the assist. Not so much the goals, but he creates chances. So for me, it comes down to who can we bring in at the 10 spot if we can bring somebody in at the 10 spot this offseason. Do we find somebody quality enough to be able to be like, this is our guy, or do we see Facundo or Ojeda take that spot? That's now? one of the, yeah. Because I feel like both of them want to play through the middle. So, But if you bring in a natural number 10, and then you force Facundo and Ojeda out wide, and you have to play into Duncan, mm-hmm. and you have three options to try to get Duncan the ball. Four with Santos running up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I don't know how your attack can get much better other than having Cristiano Ronaldo at 28 up top. Like That's a bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> you got to bring in a natural number 10 and then have the discipline to say, Facundo, I hate it, you're staying out wide. And you are you can cut in and create the chances that way, but the middle of the pitch belongs to whoever that signing would be. Yeah. Would you not, I mean, I guess it's technically not a natural number 10 if you say it, if that's what you're looking <clears throat> for. But I feel like somebody that would fit the way that we play is somebody that plays like the style of like a Martin Odegaard, you know what I mean? Where he'll control the middle, but he will also slide out to the wings to be able to allow for Saka, Martinelli to do what we know they can do, and that's cut in and create. So would, would you like to see that profile number 10 come in, or would you like to see a classic number 10? Give me a classic number 10. Yeah. Let Facunda, if you're going to tell Facunda and Ojeda to stick out wide, let so them that- stick out wide. Does that detriment their game now? I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect. I'm just just asking questions. Because to me, personally, bringing in a number 10 that's going to be able to drift and do those types of things is going to be a better addition to our team than telling two of our players that have performed and, and done things this way now for a certain amount of time you're going to stay outside because we know Fukuno doesn't have a right foot. So that's why you throw him on the right and he cuts in. But how often does he cut in and he has the opportunity to take the shot, but he never does? He's got to learn somehow. Well, I mean, we've been saying that for a year now, right? And it still hasn't yeah. happened. I don't know. I'm not saying that he won't do it, but... Yeah. It's good. flash, but then when, when he does have that ball and he does cut in, he has, like, three players on him because Mo's nowhere near the fucking box. I so just, if you have that number 10, 
Yeah. It just opens up a whole lot of space for other players. My only concern is, is I just don't think Rapuno's good enough technically to be that player to be like, you're staying out wide and you're taking this guy on and you got to make something happen, you know? I th- he's got to be one of the better technical, pl- technically gifted players in our squad. Who else? I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think we have that player in our squad. Well, if there's someone, it's... Smithinho. True. Um, one other spot that I really feel like we need to address in this offseason, and I know you guys do too, center back. <clears throat> um, picking up the option on Antonio Carlos was great. <laughs> to demand that fee, yep. you know, not to just let him walk. Good business. Love that from the club. Um, definitely going to miss Antonio, but this is an opportunity for us to sign somebody special here, I feel like, again. Oh, Tiago Silva. <laughs> no, I don't want some old. <laughs> not for someone who has legs. Give me a 25-year-old. 100%. I just wanted to replace a Brazilian. <clears throat> Go get a 25-year-old Brazilian center back. Yes. No, I'm not taking Tiago Silva. I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm not. I'm not Gabriel. either. Sorry. I, just, <clears throat> I would sell my season tickets to get Tiago Silva here. No, if what? we brought in Gabriel. Gabriel. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I wouldn't. I but oh, I so now our camera's dead, Dave. With you. Yeah. Huh. Now that was we've been going for like nine years. Yeah. So might as well just wrap it up for the episode. Tiago yeah. Silva would kill the MLS. Still, I think the MLS would kill him. If he's if he's still competing in the prep. If Chiellini's still going, that's yeah, yeah, that's fair. Chiellini's different. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or he is different because he tried to play volleyball while he was on the pitch. So uh, we're gonna end up and can you do it? We're gonna wrap this yeah, episode up. No, I'm talking to you. Oh, what would I do it exactly? We're going to wrap the episode up here. Uh, we're happy to be back. Hopefully we stay more consistent. It is the off season. Um, so if you want to see any sort of content, uh, let us know. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, at OCFanTV, Twitter, at OCFanTV22, TikTok, at OCFanTV. Threads is still kicking about, OCFanTV. Um, we do have Facebook now. Land of City Fan TV. Um... Your bums didn't get us to 500 subscribers. That's, that's on us. So We stopped uploading. That's on us. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, YouTube, like it, notify, or turn on those notifications, send it out to your friends. Let us know, let them know that we're back. Um, shout out to BetOnline for sponsoring this video. Uh, I don't got anything else. Use that code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus, and it's not spelled like BELIEVE, so look B-L-E-A-V. up. Look us up on that website. Correct. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll see you later.